0: Hello and thank you for listening to episode 389 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our interview shows, and in this one I chat to Alok Mishra and Naomi Grossman about the film 1BR, or if you're listening over here in the UK, it's called Apartment 1BR, and you can catch this, it's on Sky Cinema. Uh, If you're in the UK of course, there's different releases of it on uh, physical media on online streaming services, wherever you are in the world, search out for 1BR or Apartment 1BR. Because as you'll hear me say in this interview show, it's a great film. Again, you know these interview shows. I only do them with people whose work I really love. And again, as you'll hear in the interview show, this is one of the films that I watched at Grimfest a few years ago. I was lucky enough to meet uh, Alok and the director, David, as well. Have a quick chat about those. How great those two guys were and uh Tina it was her first time viewing of this so it was really good to sit with her as i rewatched it and Tina had a first time view and her uh, views on it were just the same as mine she really really loved this film as i hope you do when you go out and watch it and buy it and support the movie and uh yeah there's a sequel coming which i didn't know about until i did this uh, this interview show so Get in there early and watch Apartment 1BR or 1BR again, wherever you are in the world and uh, get yourself locked into the story before the sequel comes around. So wherever you are in the world, whatever you are doing, get ready, enjoy this chat with myself and Alok and Naomi. First of all, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me in the audio show and for those watching on YouTube. It's so good to see you both. So thank you very much. All the way in uh, in LA, I do believe.
1: Indeed.
2: Yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> well, hello from uh, not quite so sunny Wales, which is a bit fur- <laughs> further away. Uh, I know, look We met. We met at Grimfest a few years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, there was you and David there, the director of One And yeah. my my one of my abiding memories, apart from really enjoying the film, was how lovely you and David were, how chatty, how friendly. And I came back and I told Tina and I said, oh, I've just met two really great guys, which a great film and had a chat to two really great guys. So it's so good to see you again.
2: Well, it's good to see you, too. I mean, I feel bad uh, we uh, didn't have a movie in Grimfest this year. Uh, oh, it's a great festival. Uh, I got to say, like that festival is so well run and, and it's so fan forward. Like, uh, like you know, I'd never given an autograph of my life, but, like, they made us sit at the table after the movie was over and, like, sign anything anybody wanted. And I'm like, I don't know what you want my signature, but go ahead. <laughs> like, have at it. Because,
1: Alok, you're famous. You were you were in the movie, like, uh, uh, two dozen times. If people, You know? <laughs> you Actually, if we count... If you were to count all the time that you were probably in the movie and the time that I was in a movie, it was probably comparable. Uh, Alok... that's a joke of course um uh sadly true
2: sadly true though baby.
1: (laughs) right well so loke uh it was the, the producer on film obviously and uh but because it's a you know um lower budget uh in the indie movie uh which he may or may not have a mortgage and already paid for a house in order to make happen uh you know when you have a, a, you know such budget constraints, you're often you know it's either time or money uh, and so in this case he had to give his time and in in this particular case it was in the form of a background extra. So uh, I always joke. Uh, folks watching should, um, you know, pour themselves a really weak drink. Uh, drink every time you see a loke on on screen. You know, he's he's the crazy Indian kind of wandering in the background. Uh, and uh, yeah, they'll be wasted by the time the film is over.
2: Yeah, we did. It's true. I didn't want to be in this movie, but then they'd be like, uh, "Listen, we don't have enough extras. Uh, you need to get in there." Hey, why are you wearing a logo shirt? You know you're going to be in this movie. even well, you need to wear a solid black shirt to work every day. I'm like, I don't know, I'm going to be in this movie. I hope I'm hoping to be a real producer and just sit at Video Village and watch the footage. Like, that's what I would like to do. But like, you know, invariably you'll see my uh, my producing partner Shane Vorster and myself moving things in the background a lot. That's that's a big part of what we did in this movie. We were actually billed as Movers Number One and Movers Number Two. And uh, one of the other producers, Allard Cantor, who was always lurking around the corner and stuff like that. So he's lurker number one. But, um, but yeah, we had to wear many hats in this production as far as like doing different things. Uh, independent, independent cinema is, is not always very sexy. I can just tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch
1: really
2: the film again now and watch out for you. I
0: really am.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> and of course, Naomi, I've seen you on screen many times. So it's great to, to see you now and be able to have a chat with you.
1: Thank you. Likewise.
0: And what was it? What was it like for you to be to be in the film? Of course, you know you've got so much experience as well. How did this part come to you in the first place?
1: Well, Alou came to me. We're um, old friends. Uh, one of his best friends growing up became one of my best friends in college. So when the two of us, uh, that is, she and I, moved to Los Angeles after school. Uh, you know, her. She's originally from LA, as is Alok, mm. uh, and so her friends sort of became my friends, and that's where that friendship. Uh, was born Um, but so uh, you know so I've known him for a good 20 years we've been playing Drunken Trivial Pursuit (laughs) on Saturday nights you know and um, uh, which you'd think would have meant something Um, (laughs) as it turns out you know we both sort of uh, you know we've gone along our career paths and it just so happened that sort of I slipped and fell into horror and it just so happens that that's sort of his uh, need niche um although this was his first uh, producing venture mm-hmm. um he was a, he did market research for movies prior uh, but uh sure enough uh, we uh, uh I would say March of 2017 the year we started you know, started shooting anyway, um, Alok uh, came to me with this script, like, hey, what do you think? Do you like this? Would you like to be in it? And of course I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm under the impression that I'm almost one of the reasons he, you know, had, he went ahead, went with it. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I know, you know, we are good enough friends that he uh, values my uh, opinion and uh, he he knows that, I, you know, I know scripts and I read a lot of bad ones. And this was actually a really, really good one. I, I always say, you know, I'm an architect's daughter. If the blueprints hold, Got the it. house will stand. And the, these blueprints were solid. So uh, yeah, I was just, you know, excited for, for that call. Turns out I actually got a call uh, to audition, which was again, confusing. Cause I'm like, wait, I thought we were friends. Like what, what? I thought I I thought I gave you the like green light blessing go on this project and now I'm auditioning. Turns out it was just a formality. Um, it is not normal to go out drinking with the producer after your audition. So, I, you know, I, I, I was assuaged. Very early on in the process. But what's funny is so, because we've been talking about a low plane, you know, wearing so many hats. Uh, sure, sure enough, not only did he produce The Darn Thing uh, and uh, act as a, a a background extra two dozen times, um, but he also was the reader in the casting session. Um, uh, but again, you have to remember, Alok has years and years of experience trying to fool me on Saturday nights reading. You know, you will know the answer to the question on that trivial pursuit card, but Alok has a way of reading that is so jacked up. It doesn't matter. It could be your own first name and you won't know it by the time he's finished with the question. So, yeah, I was I remember that reading. I was like, what is happening? Like, is he (laughs) is he trying to like, it's already like confusing enough that I even have to be there. Never mind. Like now he's trying to like sabotage my audition. (laughs) Fortunately, actors actually practice this. There is actually a like exercise we do in acting class called like bad casting director in which they, you know, ask you to, you know, read with someone who's speaking in tongues, like n- nonverbal, possibly foreign, like, like maybe on mass. And uh, that's a Alok. That's a loke as a reader. He's a better extra than reader. I will say that. In,
2: in my defense, I, I'm not an actor. Uh, I was just reading to, to read. And it was a formality as, as she stated. I mean, we were giving her the part. I think it was just like David wanted to meet her just so we knew we wasn't directing a crazy person or whatever it was. And so, uh, yeah, it was, she had the part. She, I
1: don't know why you didn't invite me to one of your douchebag lunches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 yeah, that, it, speaking of douchebag lunches, uh, that's a good segue as to how we actually found the project, because uh, um, my, my wife, as it turns out, went to high school with Allard Cantor, who is David Marmer's manager. Ah. And, you know, we hadn't seen each other for a while, so we had one of those douchebag lunches where you talk about yourself and what projects you're working on and all the good stuff. And then he was like, I'll send you two scripts. And then I never read these scripts. And one of them was the movie Tragedy Girls, and the other one was 1BR. And so in my defense, I also also was working on another project that I was really very focused on at the time, and so I didn't have time to read a lot of different new scripts and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And so what happens at the end of the day is that um, that project falls through. I go crazy reading scripts, read, read both of these scripts, and I tell them, "Look, like, listen, Tragedy Girls, comedy horror is a hard thing to get right. Uh, you never satisfy either audience." I feel in a lot of a lot of ways, it's you know very rare that you get like a Shaun of the Dead or you yeah. know whatever. But Tragedy Girls actually very good. Uh, and I said, like, "Well, listen, it's a pass on Tragedy Girls," and they're like, "Oh, well, we just finished shooting that last week, so yeah, we're cool." And I was like, "Ah, well, what do I know?" <laughs> but the other script was uh, David Marmer's. Um, one BR and it was a fantastic script. It just jumped up at us and we were like, holy shit, this is great. And like I said, I took it to Naomi almost like right away and was like, like, look at the script. It's pretty good, you know? And so, uh, that's sort of the origin story of how it actually happened. And I met with David and we got along famously and, you know, we were working on this movie a long time. It was, uh, when you don't have uh, money, it it takes time is the thing. Uh, we, we, shot in December of 2017 for 15 days And Um, then um, we realized, uh, uh, you know, trying when we were editing it and everything else that we just didn't have the ending we wanted. And we wanted to get some of some pickups within scenes and stuff like that. So we we tried to get the band back together, but it was hard and we couldn't we can only do it basically in September of 2018. So we did that. And it it was the most terrible time to get the band back together because Naomi Grossman had been nominated for an Emmy. And how often do you get nominated for an Emmy? We're like, we got to shoot this week because everyone (laughs) else will.
1: I can tell you, it was actually three years ago to the day. Yeah, uh, this well. is emmy's weekend uh which is to say and i i know this because uh I, when we wrap here i'm going to a gifting suite uh which i was denied uh that particular weekend so sure enough um yeah how many times you get nominated for an emmy i uh, only once yep. for me anyway uh yet uh but i'm, I'm determined to get nominated again because yes. <laughs> i was screwed out of all this like you know, trips to Barbados, uh, you know, gems, jewels. I mean, <laughs> these things, they, you know, it's, yeah. But yeah, it was worth it. We came away with a great movie. And, you know, that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah, so so we shot for four days extra. That's That was the reshoot. So it was uh, okay. all together. The production was in 19 days uh, altogether. And... Uh, you know, we, we tried to submit it to festivals and everything, and the movie wasn't finished. And we got actually denied, you know, to 16 festivals before we ever got an acceptance Whoa. to one. And thank God, because uh, we didn't get to get into the other festivals, because we got into a Fantasia festival to start. And it's arguably the biggest and the best uh, genre festival in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always that festival and Sitges which is like, you know, kind of competing uh, for the top title every year. Yeah. And so, premiering there helped us a lot. Uh, like, it put us on everyone's radar, you know, including Grimfest, for example. Right. They were like, oh, listen, we want to have the English premiere with us. And we're like, all right, that's great, you know? So, that's, uh, that's how we, we all met. But the, uh, the, the idea, though, was that it had a really good festival trajectory. And that was a really great thing because it really did lead into us um, premiering in a, in a very big way on VOD and then getting picked up by Netflix in the U S and uh, then us getting to actually number one on Netflix, which was kind of even nuttier than anything else because like who's, who's this little no budget film that just took out project Jamie Foxx's project (laughs) power from the number one slot, you know? We we tweeted him. We were like, "Sorry, we had to take you out, dog." But uh, game recognizes game, and he he, he, didn't, he didn't tweet us back. Oh, damn! Exactly. <laughs> but it was it was an interesting ride that it that it went this far. Um, and it was a thing where once we got to you know number one there, like we started hitting all kinds of milestones like all over the world. I mean, we were definitely in like the top on the iTunes hard charts for like uh, I want to say like for a couple weeks and, uh, and definitely in the top 10 and top 50 for almost like I mean Jesus like six months or something crazy um, and, and now actually you can find it's, and it's also called a different name over there in the yeah, UK yeah. I should say it's called it's called a Part-Bit 1BR because as much as we were thought we were being very clever with like you know putting a real estate abbreviation as a name, it was kind of uh, not a very clever thing to do, actually, at the end <laughs> of the day. Because you guys don't know what that means. Nope. And neither, neither do the Australians, for that matter. Ah, okay.
1: Never mind the Spanish. Half the time, so I speak Spanish, so Alok sends me all of the um, you know Spanish language reviews. Yeah. And uh, most of the reviews are not actual reviews at all. They're just trying to figure out what the heck um, is, like kiss, brr, kiss, brr. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, it's called all kinds of different things over the all over the world but I wanted to say in the UK in particular uh, it's playing on Sky cinema <laughs> premiere mm-hmm. I believe, uh, should should still be there, and it's it's called apartment one br. Just so we have clarification in, yeah. in the UK and stuff. It's like I said, it's called all kinds of different things all over the place. Uh, in Japan, Naomi, what's it called? Uh,
1: Mad house.
2: We always <laughs> yeah, do this. This is so racist. <laughs> anyway, but uh, but it's called that there. It's called uh, what is it called in uh, Germany?
1: Willkommen an, an, an nightmare.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <That's, yes. laughs> and it's called like girl on the first floor in russia and it's called like uh you know all kinds of different names and we've lost control of it they just do whatever they want with the name at this point but i frankly i don't care as long as they watch the movie they can do whatever they yeah. like but uh yeah
0: <laughs> does it make it difficult to track everything if it's called all these different names everywhere Are you think you know
2: not not as much as you think like i i, I do the, the the daily sort of ritual of looking where we are on the iTunes charts all over the world, and so we're like in thirty different markets, and I pretty much just like you can just go down the list and, and look in every country and understand. Okay, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. Okay, yeah. And, and it's it's uh, I think the last country we have yet to actually open in is uh, the Netherlands, oh, which we okay. think it might be happening. Hopefully, sometime very soon or whatever, we'll see. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's everywhere uh, that. It's done incredibly well for a little film to be able to get into all these mm-hmm. markets because typically that's it's something that that doesn't necessarily happen and stuff like that. So its its next sort of um, lifespan is going to be coming onto different uh, streaming platforms in all these countries that are already it's already been released in and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting to see where where all it ends up and stuff. They never they they, are, they don't tell us all the time, so we're all don't like, oh wait, <laughs> we're, we're in Japan on Netflix? Okay, great, you know,
0: <laughs> or wherever. So you wouldn't have any idea about the trajectory of it you know, like blu-ray releases or anything like that any physical disc release in the future um,
2: well you know they didn't they didn't uh, we have a distributor in 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 England bluefinch who were very very mm. tight with and I think at the time you know it's you, you if I'm just being honest, you you don't make that much money off of, like, the Blu-rays as, like, you know, as filmmakers, frankly. It's nice to have them and stuff, but it's just like, ah, I made $2. <laughs> well, I could have made $8 if you just bought it on streaming, you know? <laughs> so uh, we, didn't, we didn't have uh, – we have a um, U.S. Uh, Blu-ray. Um, there is uh, – it's available in physical media in Australia, and it's available, I think, in Italy. Italy has a really interesting, like, version of it that is, like – they have, like, really – Beautiful inserts and all this good stuff. Yeah. But nothing has as much material on it, uh, like uh, extra material on it, um, uh, as, as the US uh, Blu ray does, actually.
1: Cielo, there's a lot of. I know you want to make money, me too, but. First of all, <laughs> people need something for us to sign, right? They can't yeah. sign your streaming yeah. copy, so there is real <laughs> value to, to the Blu-ray. Not only that, at least I can speak for the U.S. Blu-ray. Right, Blu-ray. There are is exclusive, um, very hot footage of a certain hot felon. There was a um, one of our production trucks actually got stolen um, one <laughs> evening and a, one of the PAs like basically gunned it down the 405 freeway, that same freeway you saw OJ still, you know, yeah, in yeah. that Bronco. Well, RPA followed uh, this truck stealing ring uh, that uh, was uh, that that went away. You know, drove away with our truck. And sure enough, he called. You know, he had the police on the phone. They said, "Stand down, sir." And he said, "I will not stand down. Not until you get behind this truck." (laughs) And sure enough, you know, they passed all these sort of iconic LA uh, landmarks, the the Felix sign. If you're you know familiar with sort of the um, U.S sort of area, Uh, and sure enough, they all, you know, surrounded them, and it was, this was on actual uh, 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 nightly news here, like, you could actually watch it, Um, it's actually something we do uh, (laughs) because we're, like, Just in our cars all the time. Here, there's invariably always some high-speed chase on the television that you know usually does not end this well. Though, (laughs) see now the kicker to this story is as they ask, you know, get out of the car. Sure enough, who who gets out of the car? The most gorgeous. Like Brad Pitt level, like hot felon, uh, who, and again, it's all on Blu-ray, ladies, um, or gay men for that matter. Uh, this is inclusive entertainment that can only be seen on our Blu-ray.
2: Yes, that's that's a that's a hell of a pitch uh, for the Blu-ray. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I could have done it better myself, but yes, that, that footage exists there because uh, when we were at Fantasia, they uh, introduced the uh, they they did a and A, and and see so here's the thing: we didn't tell any of the actors about this. We didn't even tell the director this had happened. We just like said, Whoa. "Okay, this, this bad thing has happened." The rental company sent another truck because the truck was all messed up because the guy tried to gun this truck and try to evade the police and this and that. And they sent another truck. They offloaded everything from one truck to the other, and then they, we started an hour late, and no one, no one knew why. It was just like, oh, you get an extra hour of sleep. Just don't worry about it. The, you know, no, no. We didn't want them thinking about it. And so when we actually premiered at Fantasia, like, none of the actors knew about it either. was kind of kept us at a surprise, and they, they showed the footage, the police, uh, the, the uh, television footage of, of the arrest uh, at the at the at the festival, so that whole conversation, that interview is on the Blu-ray. But surely that had to be the
0: craziest thing that happened while you were filming. Don't don't tell me there's no, something crazy. It wasn't. What? No way. That was just
1: the beginning. Oh my I god. I mean, that was actually not the beginning. The actual beginning was when basically all the cast, myself excluded, uh, dropped out like the week before we were to shoot. I'm not even kidding. The First off, uh, the woman who was an initially slated to play Sarah, mm. the lead, I mean, she's like in every single frame of the film. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, basically just like dropped out, no explanation. Uh, not only that, but she'd also uh, had a, a friend of hers, uh, she roped in to play the Brian character. So the romantic lead as well. How did we find this out? Well, I'll tell you. Once again, a loke to the rescue. What <laughs> what role is he playing today? Oh, he's the, g- like, g- g- grocery getter. He's basically, I'm, he's I'm gro- at the Gelson's, which is a fancy grocery store. Where, and this was like Marina Del Rey or whatever. It's like literally the, it, it, like the out, outlying Los Angeles, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but this is the only place where he's managed to track down this feminine energy drink that this particular actress had in a rider. So here he is, like, begging the manager, please, please, please. I know you got more in the back. Can you just go back and check? While the manager is off checking, Alok gets this phone call from the agent about, you know, these two folks... Just dropping out uh the manager comes back with a few cases i found some and of course <laughs> looks like never mind we don't need it um they they head out to like the you know local drinking hole because that's where we you know that's a theme if you'll notice yeah. um but uh you know they they ended up reaching out to nicole who was like the perfect person to play this role um, um i mean not only is she really talented but you know she she is she lives in new york and the rest of us were all local los angeles and so there's a kind of a cool meta kind of fish out of water Mm -hmm. feeling like the rest of us all like you know live here knew what to do on a saturday night whereas poor nicole Listen, I'm sure Lou put her in a very nice hotel. The nicest the nicest not in her element, you know.
2: <laughs> the nicest Hilton in the valley. I'll say that. Uh, wow, it was, it the was valley. Be- beautiful, beautiful. But yeah, I mean Nicole was our first choice, but this other actress, this other TV actress had much bigger sort of resume and Instagram following and all this crap mm-hmm. and so when uh when she dropped out and took her friend or alleged boyfriend, I don't know what she is, I don't know, you know, it's libel. Uh, and he was some dude that started a CW vampire show, some piece of shit I never watched. But I was like, if it's good enough for the CW, it's good, good enough for us. But both of those people leave. And then we're sitting there, you know, at a bar drinking, like trying to figure this out, right? Like, how are we going to do this? It's a Monday. We're shooting on a Thursday. Oh, wow. And so when we're, when we're doing that, we get another call that uh, the, 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 the nice lady who was supposed to play Miss Stanhope, her husband collapsed, rushed to the hospital. He's dead. Oh. And so we're like, she's out too. We lost three people one day. We're like, what the hell are we going to do? Well, I- I'll tell you what we did. We, we moved everything back a week. And um, the shooting would start the next Monday. And we bought us some time to kind of figure this out. But fast forward to Friday, we still don't have Miss Stanhope or the Brian character yet. And we're like sitting in Barney's Beanery now, you know, drinking again, trying uh, to, try to <laughs> figure this problem out. And um, but oh, that morning actually I've been looking at a lot of uh, older lady actress reels and um, I come across Susan Davis who's like an old pro. she was like the mom in war games and stuff and she's like Robert Altman's uh, cousin and she's just a, she has some great stories. she's an awesome lady. And uh, I run across her reel and uh, there's a phone number at the end of it and uh, I call this number thinking it's gonna be her agent or manager, but it's not. it's her. And oh, I was great. like, uh, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> But I'm just gonna pitch you the movie, and I'm just gonna pitch you us, like you know. So by the end of it, she was like, "I've never been in a cult movie before. This sounds <laughs> fascinating." And this is at 9:30 in the morning. By 11:30, we'd signed her.
1: Oh, and now yes. like
2: we're in the Barney's Beanery, and now we're waiting for you know, trying to figure out where we can get this Giles character at this point, and and we're just freaking out because we're just like, "You mean
1: Brian character?" Oh, sorry, Giles. sorry.
2: Giles, Maddie is the actor. Excuse me. But uh, we're trying to get the Brian character, and, and essentially, the um, you know all the agencies are shutting down. They don't give a shit about our move, our little movie, our no-budget film, and we're like begging people, like Jason Blum and his head of post-production, who, who we know, oh please call CAA. tell him to stay <laughs> open later for us, you know, <laughs> try to do all this kind of stuff. But we finally get a call like around like seven something, and it's it's Gersh, and they're telling us that uh, Giles Maddie has agreed to do the part. And we're like, give made his, like wait all this time. We were we went out to, we went out with him uh, with him uh, with an offer in the afternoon. What was going on? He was driving down from San Francisco. I had to pull over to the side of the road and just read you know the, the read the script on the phone. But he only read his part. And we, I was of course offended. But Naomi tells me this is quite common. In fact, uh, in the fact, they only uh-huh. read sometimes just their part to make sure that it's not a porno or something. No, I yeah. mean, I,
1: listen. If anybody's watching, that's like. Oh, I wanted Naomi Grossman for my movie, but now that I know she just skims and, like, only reads her role. No. Um, we do read the whole script, but, uh, you know, obviously, if yeah, if you're on a freeway, you're not going to, like, mm-hmm. y- you know, b- be on the shoulder reading all 90 pages. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I get it. I get it. I do also feel confident that Giles actually read it cover to cover, once he was on Terra Firma, like yeah, no, no, of course, of off course. the highway.
2: Yes, I, I, and yes, he did, and yes. he has he gives has an amazing performance yeah, in the film. Yeah. But uh, and and all the actors do really. We actually mm-hmm. in so many ways to uh, trade it up uh, with this yeah. sort of like casting disaster that had happened. Uh, I mean, if you uh, you know we had we we got so lucky because I think that we made our days because these actors could get it like on the first take, like Nicole can cry like eight different ways. So can Giles, by the way. Like, I mean, it'd be a thing we, we should be crying and be like, to be like, wait, 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 let me do that again. And then the tear would just fall. Like, it was like, <laughs> Oh geez, like she's amazing. You know? And, and everyone, everyone got along very well. There was no egos on that set at all. And it was really great, and I think that sort of the, the happy happenstance is that we all kind of became kind of a weird family after it was all over, like we went to Fant, we took all our cast and and, uh, and some of our crew to, to Fantasia, and we had a great time there, hanging out and stuff. And it was just really just, um, it was it was it was such a nice experience. And uh, I can't wait to you know do it again. And in answer to maybe a potential question, will there be a sequel? Yes, there will be a sequel.
1: Yes.
2: I can't tell you anything about it.
1: A lot of that, Alok, is you. I'm sorry. Uh, In addition to what? At this point, we're extra reader and uh, gopher. uh, Alok is also like cruise director. He's just a really fun, like, party party guy. And, you know, so the fact that you did, you know, get us all together and and invited us to, to Montreal, I mean... Not every producer does that for their cast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah, we all got along, but y- y- it's you. You, you,
2: well, you I, made I, that happen. I appreciate so that. That's it's very kind words, me. I mean, you're, you're she's one of my oldest best friend so it's That's such good. a nice thing for her to say that but it, it, the truth of that matter is that it, we kind of had like lightning in a bottle with this cast it was great i mean like taylor nichols is fantastic as as our, our cult leader mm-hmm. and you oh, know yeah. the clayton hoff <laughs> uh who plays lester yeah. uh he, he he's an old friend of mine hadn't seen him in like years he never goes on <laughs> facebook or anything and to be honest i kind of like you know i hadn't thought of it and when he, when we were trying to look for Lester, we were kind of, that was one thing um, the director and producers kind of were, were having a row about because I think David wanted to cast one of his friends who just looked a little too old for the part. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, we just gotta be somebody else. And, and then all of a sudden Clayton Hoff gets married and he posts a picture on Facebook. And I'm like, that's fucking Lester. <laughs> you need to fucking do a reading right now. We need to, you know, so he did. Like I, I saw him on a Friday uh, I saw him pop up on Facebook on a Friday. I called him the same day and he's like, oh, I don't know if I can get to it. I'm like, no, you need to do a reading at three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. He gets his wife to do a reading by Sunday wow. we, the morning. We get it. And then I, I send it to like the director and the other producers. And we're like, yeah, it's the fucking guy. And so by Monday, we would cast him, like, <laughs> awesome. which is a, a good a good rule for any actors uh, listening to this podcast always go on social media. Always be out there pushing yourself on social media because you never know. You never know.
0: Because like you said, everybody's perfect for it. Because I I said at the beginning, I watched it at Grimfest with with yourself and David. So Tina had never seen it before. So we sat last night and watched it. So it was really good for me to re-watch it. And with a lot of horror films, especially, you know, when you watch them in the festival atmosphere and, and everybody's all together. And it's, so it's a really different experience watching it at home. And you know what, both both of you now, I enjoyed it even more the second time. It really worked. It really worked in a in a big screen with a horror audience. It really worked at home on a on a TV. And we got we got a big TV, but it's still with just two of us sat there. So it was good. And I kept glancing over at Tina. She absolutely loved it. And you mentioned the ending look before. You said you had to redo yeah. the ending. Uh, Because we're big cinephiles, we watch a lot of films, and very often with films, sometimes the ending can just be a bit, oh, oh, not quite what you want. She turned to me and she went, I love that ending. I love that ending as well. Every bit of it just hit perfectly all the way through. For her on the first viewing, and for me on, on the multiple viewings now, it's still... It still, it works no matter where you watch it or how many times you do watch it. And that's credit to, to both of you and everybody else involved. So if I was wearing that's a cap- to hear, I, I would because, doff my cap to you.
1: Uh, I was going to say, you know, because of the way it all went down with COVID, you know, mm. we were actually kind of screwed out of a lot of our, you know, our theatrical premiere at the ArcLight or whatever. I had a whole yeah. dress ready. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we, we didn't get that- um, theatrical release that you know i know every actor anyway it, it wants and so that was kind of a drag but knowing that it translates just as well mm-hmm. if not better to the small screen is is great yeah
2: yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, when you watch it a second time, I think that you kind of, it's, it's fun because you're kind of like, kind of see at first, you don't know what's going on, exactly. but now you know yeah. exactly what's going on. Yeah. So you're looking for all the little signs that were there yeah, that yeah, maybe yeah. you didn't see or whatever, or is Janice looking at her a certain way or, yeah. you know, whatever you get, you get to have a different sort of perspective and watching perspective of watching it the second time. But yeah, it's, it's something that, um, you know, like it does translate either way. And, and, and actually because of COVID, you know, our our VOD was fantastic, and I think the thing of it is that it's sort of a there's sort of a meta thing going on with it. Like with COVID, we don't, you know, we not No one ever, no one trusts all their neighbors. Are they getting their vaccines? You know, things like this. And this is sort of the same thing. Like we can't quite trust your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Are they spying? Or are they trying to murder <laughs> you? Like it's like it definitely has that sort of thing that even even we couldn't have planned for, obviously, but just became so much more sort of interesting for the life and times we live in. Uh, you know, the, the film really took on a weird sort of life of its own in that regard.
0: That's it, because you can really buy into it, and, and the believability of it. You're thinking, I mean, that's what makes it scary. That's what made it scary for both of us, and un- an uncomfortable viewing, because you think, yeah, yeah, this could, this could really happen. And there's, you know, there's blood in it, but there's not a lot of blood in it. The few little bits when there is blood and violence in it are quick, and they really work because they're in the right place, and it's all within context as well. But it's just the whole atmosphere all the way through. <laughs> That's just slowly, you just find yourself just like gripping your seat a little bit tighter as you're watching it, don't you?
2: Well, David, David did a really good job of, of researching uh, the, the cults for this uh, yeah. thing. Um, there was, a, you know, obviously there's there some tips of the hat to like, you know, our friends at Scientology and uh, different places like that. But the one cult that, uh, that really um, was pretty instrumental in uh, modeling our cult was a Synanon. Um, this cult that was in um, it was a drug rehab cult uh, back in the um, uh, 60s, uh, early 70s. And it started off like with good intentions where they're like, you know, we're trying to like help people get over drug addiction and stuff. And then pretty soon devolved into this cult of personality where <laughs> they, everyone had to like, you know, shave their heads and be with them, be with the, the actual like uh, cult like 24 seven. Because they could not be trusted to, you know, maybe go back on drugs, and uh, they they moved everything up north to Northern California, and there was this uh, this uh, young uh, young whippersnapper, a filmmaker named George Lucas, making his uh, first movie, uh, THX eleven thirty eight, and uh, it needed bald extras. Guess what? All the <laughs> bald extras in that movie are cult members from Synod. <laughs> so so that, that was an interesting thing. I mean, the, the thing about the cult is that you cannot actually—they're not trying to like molest her. They're mm-hmm. not trying to do anything. Like they really truthfully want her to be her mm-hmm. best self and be part of this community and stuff. And it's almost like looking—I mean, you know, their their methods are completely fucked up. But <laughs> like, uh, but they, in a weird sense, you kind of almost believe it, like that they're that they're actually yeah, out to yeah. kind of help her in some way. And, it, and it's sort of a weird thing. But that's I think that's one important thing that really helps for the sort of believability of the whole thing mm-hmm. um, and why, you know, people would probably keep their mouth shut and would, you know, kind of just keep on moving forward and not telling anybody about it, you know? Yeah, so Yeah. yeah.
0: And you, you've played loads of different characters, Naomi, haven't you? Have you? Is there any sort of process that you go through when you're going into a role? Is it different every time you go into it? And how did you approach this role because it's obviously there's a lot of duality to well to most people within this film isn't isn't there so
1: mm. yeah um i i don't think i it's not cookie cutter at all uh i don't have like a process that i you know it's not one role like <laughs> fits all like mm. i i don't have a, i mean i um, in general, I tend to be a very physical actor. So mm. I usually try to figure out, you know, their walk and talk and, 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 and the, the out, out side physicality first. And then I work on the inside, you know, what it is, what is it that makes them this way? Yeah. Um, so that tends to be my thing. Like, I I think that just probably comes from my own sort of background in sketch comedy where, you know, you put on a wig and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> if you've ever had this experience of like, you know, walking into a wig store and you, you know, I put on this long dark mane and I can't help it. I turn into Sofia Vergara, you know, <laughs> but that obviously I don't want to just be this cartoon Colombian. I, I need real pathos and like, you know, actual, uh, you know, the the inside work uh, mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Um, so, uh, you know, that, sort of tends to be my process but I would say you know since J- Janice is physically closer to me um um the, that was probably not as necessary as with other roles what's it that you, you know, enjoy Pepper being an obvious yeah, yeah. example yeah
0: yeah but what is it about acting that you enjoy the most
1: oh uh that's a great question I i I don't know, except that I, that is the place I feel the most alive. It's where I'm happiest. I'll, I'll never forget actually being in the UK at, in Scotland at the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival there. And Mm. I mean, that's a lot of work. That's really like, Uh, that for an actor is like climbing Kilimanjaro. You know, it's a real, it is not for everyone you have to really love it it's a test at the end of the day and you know and i passed the test like i i found like on that 30th day of doing the you know the same show after having climbed uphill both ways you know with a duffel full of dildos in the pouring rain you know late at night i still I would, you know, I cried as I, you know, drove out of Edinburgh, like I did, I never wanted to leave. I was, I would have done that show for the, you know, five to 99 people in that audience for the rest of my life. Like that, I just, I remember feeling like this is my happy place. And so I don't know how else to describe it other than that's. It's just, it's, it's where I want to be
0: what a great feeling and what great memories as well like you said to, to keep to keep Indeed. those with you. yeah i mean that's what it must be all about as well is that the memories that you guys create while you while you're on set and the friendships afterwards you know even though a lot of you quite often just never see each other again. You two, of course, are, are close, which is, you know, I guess, kind of different within the movie world. But the, the memories you create while you're on set that stick with you forever is something, as us as, as viewers, obviously, we don't get to see. We just see the finished product, but you carry it with you forever, don't you?
1: Well, but that's why we have podcasts, so we can talk about those things that's, and share them.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. And so you should... Is there anything... Because you've done lots of interviews, you know, for, for 1BR and anything. Is there anything that they haven't talked about yet can you give us an exclusive is there anything that happened on set or behind the scenes that hasn't come up in a question
1: um i i can only say i think i gave Alok, actually, his first IMDb credit um, when I cast him, or shall I say, dragged him into a um, little short film that I, a short film, I shouldn't even give it, it's not even that. it's It was literally like a dumb uh, YouTube video. Um, I think it was called, it was called wiggle Please. Am I not mistaken, um, Alok? No. Yeah, that's... yeah. yeah. I think that's what I'm
2: pretty sure that's what it's called I think I think that's
1: what it was Uh, I needed like just a shot of like People from all over the world. So I, you know, obviously, like, I actually, I obviously cast a as my, you know, Indian, uh, asked him to, you know, wear a little turban and one of his, you know, saris or whatever. You know, again, I'm being racist, but
2: Girl, girls wear the saris.
1: Uh, girls wear the saris. But sorry, not sorry. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah. So, but anyway, um, uh, Alok probably doesn't care at all anymore but uh, I do know I have friends who've gone on to do very big things in Hollywood and they're like damn you Naomi that that stupid credit is still on my IMDB I can never get it off and you know and, and it'll forever be there and to them I can only say I'm sorry but so you know <laughs> Alok got me back he, he got me back that day at the uh, in the casting session I guess maybe
2: yes <laughs> i plotted now for all the, all those years to, finally my day of revenge would come and did. <laughs> <laughs> naomi was sweating it at the audition um got an exclusive i you know we, it, it's so funny like um i don't know uh there okay i'll say this well i, I don't know if you said this before there actually are not just um one ending uh, that alternative ending. There's actually two alternative endings uh, oh. that exist uh, that I don't know if we've ever mentioned before, uh, which I can't say anything about because maybe one day they're going to put them on the Blu-ray and we're going to have a <laughs> we're going to have a UK Blu-ray and it'll come out and it'll have all this extra footage and like hopefully like commentary and every all the good stuff. But um, we shall see. We shall see. But uh, yeah, I don't know if a lot of people knew about that that fact no definitely not
0: that's really good
2: well i'm looking at the time
0: and like i can't believe that it suddenly got to this time as, as well which we
1: told you we're talkers we
0: like to talk we it's, like to talk it's, per- it's perfect perfect for a
2: podcast Sorry. <laughs> is, is that a dog that i hear a lot yeah you know what happened is that my, my poor dog has cancer so oh, i, I no. she's crying and so she uh she needs to go out i think and she's she when she cries she really does need to go out so oh. i was like i don't want to like deal with oh, the aftermath we, um, and what the bad stuff would be so yeah <laughs> we're, we're huge dog lovers here because we've got our podcast mascot bodie
0: he's a little well, will say yeah he's little but he's six now he's a lesser app so and we're huge well huge animal lovers but especially dogs
2: so oh that's so nice yeah she's 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 Poor thing is uh it's coming to the end, but uh, you know, we're just trying to give her the best food and everything and she's oh, loving good it. For so yeah, still looking for best life.
1: It you. turns out uh Alok's uh, veterinarian is very close to our uh shooting location, the Al- Aliso del-, del Mar or whatever it is. And uh very creepily, he whenever he goes to the vet, he like does an extra loop around, you know, to to, to drive by the, the complex, which is so creepy. It's like, it's like we've already ruined these people's homes, you know what I mean? Cause now they can watch this super scary movie like about their house and now, but now there's this like creepy Indian driving by like slowly <laughs> taking photos, you know, it's like. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, you know, I can't help it. It's just like it's literally just around the corner, so I might as well like just go check it out, see what's going on, you know, see see what see what the cult is up to, right? Like, you know, uh, it's it's a thing where uh, we shot that um, we shot the movie in an actual functional apartment. There were people like living there and stuff, and there was people who were like, "What is this movie? Can we be in this movie?" And I'm like, "Hell yes, you can be in this movie. Free extra." Yeah. I don't have to be in the scene because you want to
1: be For in the For every scene. Pers- one person that volunteers, elope doesn't have to be in, so yes.
2: <laughs> exactly, so I did that. And then um, you know, the unfortunate part was that the, uh, the ending uh, where you see the lights going on down the street mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We couldn't shoot it actually at the same place because the, the, all the houses around, all the um, things around that actual apartment complex were houses. They weren't apartments. And so we had to shoot that at a different place, which ha- just happens to be down the street from uh, the very famous Tommy Burger, which is a, a chili hamburger. Oh. And every time I go over there to have one of those, I have to go then and check out like where Sarah ran. <laughs> yeah i'm stalking i'm i'm, I'm cult stalking the, the the actual people who live in those places <laughs> if i live there though I...
1: angels alone for you to move out of the valley so you can leave these poor people alone
2: I, trust me i want to i want to move out of the valley so bad <laughs> <laughs> so you,
0: you teased about a sequel what can you give away about that because you've got me excited now
2: I can't say a, I can't say a goddamn you thing about it, thing. and and the and the reason for that is that we uh, we have this uh, thing where we try to JJ uh, Abrams a shit out of everything we do, like we don't want you to know <laughs> you're, what's what's in the box. You'll pay to see what's in the box. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't, I <laughs> and, don't like and I think it. it's better, like kind of doing that, frankly, because I think that. There's all these people that, you know, give away, like, the whole movie. And, I mean, even our trailer. You look at our trailer. Like, we tried very hard to make sure that that thing gave away very little. We had to show what the movie was about, yeah. sure. But we even, like, switched, uh, you know, if you look at it very closely. Okay, this is not exclusive. Uh, if you look at the trailer very closely and you look at the movie, you'll notice that the very last line of the trailer, which in the movie is spoken by Taylor Nichols, in the trailer is spoken spoke by somebody else because we wanted to throw off the fact that he was in that room with her and she he was the one putting her, like right. you know, putting her to the wall and stuff like that. That's that's the lengths to which we went to like not give away, you that's know, good. what you know, really that it's about a cult in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we we did, we did give away the cat thing because like these cat people. I swear to God, like, uh, they're, they're very incessant uh, about their, like, uh, being upset about us killing that cat. So we at least try to give them some sort of warning ahead yeah. of time to put that yeah. in the trailer. But I swear, it's like a thing. You would think we killed a real cat. Like, you really, really would think we have murdered a real cat. It's a piece of really shitty. I mean, it wasn't our prop department's best work, but, like, <laughs> it looks like a piece of, like, day-old plastic that's been burnt a little bit that just looks like <laughs> nothing, like,
1: well, listen, you can't satisfy these these cat people because, like, just yesterday, I put, I put up a TikTok uh, uh, with a, a cat drinking out of our swimming pool. Like, true story. This is how the cat, like, stays hydrated. Uh, cat people blowing up my TikTok, totally upset about this. I, I didn't, you can't make a cat drink on cue. Like, they don't do that. Like, it was drinking and I caught it. Anyway, so I just, I think you can't, you got to just agree to disagree with these people. These, I know. These it's, people.
2: It's, it's a thing where like our, our most horrible comment on the Amazon is like, I was watching this movie, and then you killed a cat, and I would not watch a frame more. You are a sick individual, David Marmer. You belong in a society. All this bullshit, and we're like, you know, it's like you paid to see a boxing match, and then you're all like bent out of shape because someone got a bloody nose. Like it's like, uh, what can we do? And it's not a real cat, people. It's not a real cat. Like we're not saying we want to kill a cat. We're just saying it's like a movie. Like yeah. I mean, you would think that people are so much more pissed off about the you know four or five people get killed. No, but the cat. The cat. Like all right. Yeah. Anyway. It
0: is well. I, I wish you every success going forward. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for a sequel now. Obviously, Naomi, it's always great to see you on screen, no matter what you're in. As wish well, wish me
1: luck. Hopefully, hope I get an audition for it.
2: <laughs> Two fingers crossed over here for hope you.
1: Hope I get an audition for it. Alone, <laughs> well, you know.
2: Well, you know, Janice isn't dead, right? And yeah, exactly. you know, this, this, yeah. uh, it, you know, one br colon. The Chronicles of Janice? Ooh. Or?
1: Not or, only that, Janice is a single and looking to mingle. She's, you know, got a broken heart, but she, you know, she might need to get back on, you know, back in it, rebound mm-hmm. a bit. Who better with than that handsome felon that owes restitution? I'm just saying.
2: I mean, he does <laughs> owe us a couple thousand dollars, so I can see myself. Let's work that off. <laughs> not paying him and then also you get a love interest and if there's even more of a love interest in real life like your very method i know naomi then yeah. i mean it's a win-win for everyone really it, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and it's handsome for all we know he came out here to look for a dream
1: he's uh, just, probably an actor i mean yeah. i'm just saying like as an actor i've done a lot of things that i'm not proud of i've dance for money at bar mitzvahs i've modeled nude in our classes i I, you know i i wore white jeans working at the cheesecake factory so like yeah stealing a truck is not out of like the things that we actors will do
2: yeah right there so one br the chronicles of janice or how Janice got her groove back. Or I don't I know. Like like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in itself, right before our eyes. It's right,
0: right in, itself. in front of you. That's great. <laughs> we'll, th- well, we'll tie this up now because you've, you've given me so much time and I've had such a great time. And it would be so good that when 1BR, the Chronicles of Janice, comes out, that you both come back on the show and we'll have a good chat about that and and hopefully you can get over to, here to the UK at some point and we can meet up in person too that'd be really good
1: you know only because you are there um there is a horror con that they tease me about having me there and they have not closed the deal it's called for the love of horror I don't we think it's in that. Wales. We cover but... it, though.
0: Yeah, it's in Manchester. Yeah, we we go there. Well, I go okay, there. Okay, yeah. so
1: let, maybe let them know. Like, hey, Naomi is wondering what's up. You know, she's saved the date. But you know, until we close the deal, there's you know, I'm I'm in my house. I'll tell them.
0: I'll tell them.
2: We get you we over. Actually here. Went, we actually went to Wales uh, for one of the for Fractured Visions film uh, oh, yeah, yeah. festival and stuff when uh, uh, cardiff uh we was part of our uh, tour and stuff like that so we got to we got to experience cardiff for one whole day <laughs> <laughs> and it was raining <laughs> of course it's wales yeah of course
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well fingers crossed for the love of horror for you naomi um and hello, carry on what you do in you know Keep producing, keep getting these films to us, the viewers, because, yeah, we love what both you guys are doing and all the rest of the cast. And for everybody listening and watching this, 1BR, Apartment 1BR, whatever it's called, wherever you live, go and watch it, rent it, buy it, tell your friends about it. It's such a great experience, whether it's your first time viewing or it's a repeat viewing. I'm testament to that. Tina's testament to the first time viewing. It's well worth every penny that you're going to pay for it. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you both. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. Hope you enjoyed it again as much as I always enjoy doing the interview shows. There's another one coming into your ears in just a few days time. Uh, I shall say no more about that. But get ready for another film related interview show. Which will be appearing on our feed very very soon indeed this show is also on our youtube channel so if you want to watch me and alok and naomi have a chat you can please subscribe while you're there give it a like do all those sort of things that you do on youtube like i can say we are and always will be primarily an audio only show but it's always great when i get the opportunity to actually see who i'm talking to and put the the video up on our youtube channel too so please subscribe while you're there also as well you know go to the website 60mw.co.uk everything's there news reviews all the different format shows that we do there's a way you can leave us a review that's always nice leave us a review and uh, that helps us in all sorts of different ways you can join in with the world tour as well again if you don't know what that is go to the website have a look at the world tour twitter and instagram are at 60mw podcast So until next time, when it will be episode 390, we're getting close to the 400, and it's another film-related interview show. Until then, thank you for listening, and we will be back very soon.